Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 37. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body may be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, another day in the Sermon on the Mount, joined by the campus pastor (laughs) of the forthcoming Christ Covenant Sandy Springs. What what an honor I have (laughs) to sit across the table from a man of such great esteem. Oh, man. Uh, Jackson Randall. So, uh, Jackson, we're, we're working our way through Matthew in bits, pieces, and chunks this year. And, um, you know, we are in some of the most densely packed, uh, helpful, convicting, encouraging words in the entire Bible. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Jesus's fully recorded Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get the sense from uh, elsewhere in the Gospels that these are kind of like the core teachings of Jesus uh, that are all distilled here into this moment uh, where Jesus goes up on the Mount of Olives and, and teaches the people. So um, today, you know, I, I actually, some of you who are using a rhythms journal or are very detail oriented, unlike me, you uh, <laughs> you might have realized yesterday that uh, we accidentally messed up. We were supposed to do anger and then this passage on lust yesterday. Um, I accidentally had us only do anger, but it actually kind of seems fitting to deal with this topic of lust that Jesus teaches on and then divorce uh, and adultery and then oaths. They actually all line up really nicely. So praise the Lord for that. But uh, Jackson, this uh, this passage on lust is uh, one that is often, often talked about. This passage on divorce is one that's maybe less talked about. Mm. Um, and then this oaths passage is actually really fascinating. And um, so there's a lot of interesting things to get into. What are your initial thoughts as we look at this passage in Matthew 5? Yeah, my initial thought is, is I wish I was more skilled because I think these things are very (laughs) like tied together. And I don't know that I, I, I need like a good amount of time to be able to like figure out how to best articulate how to tie these things together. Because I do think, that reading these together is very appropriate. Um, um, you know, what we're talking about in the Sermon on the Mount is really God's kingdom ethic. Like what does life in the kingdom of God Absolutely. look like? And and 
I, I guess a way to summarize that that's often been said is it's an upside down ethic. It's an upside down kingdom, right? It's it's different than you might imagine, where you know the the kingdom of the of the world uh, or the ethic of the world might say, well, yeah, obviously we don't want to commit uh, adultery, so you know, like just just don't go as far as you can, like. Like here's the line, don't cross the line. We we've found the boundary, and Jesus comes along and say, no no no, like like the ethic of my kingdom is more radical than that. Like we're not looking for you to obey the letter of the law. We're looking for you to have a changed heart, the sort of heart that is submitting to me in all things. Um, you, you know, and so so much of what Jesus is coming along and saying, especially in this lust section, is like is like let me be the Lord of your entire life, mm-hmm. not just of the 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 like kind of religious. Uh, details of it, but rather submit your entire life to me. And so therefore, you know, if you are going to, to be tempted to sin, like do whatever it takes, you know, whether it mean, you know, tearing your eye out or whether it be throwing your laptop into a river, like you do what it takes mm-hmm. in order to live a life fully submitted to me. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, but then, you know, so like, what are the consequences of giving yourself over to lust to the extent that you would actually commit adultery? Well, that becomes the the grounds, the one ground for for divorce. Um, and, and I guess this is where you know my my attention gets drawn to a little bit more in this because you know th- this is a very significant passage. Um, and I don't know. I think there's something natural about us to want to ask that question of like, what can I get away with in this life? Yeah. And, and so whether that be in lust or whether that be in oaths or whether it be in divorce and, and you know what can I get away with and um and, and you know in the old testament what we learn is is and, and is that you know people because of their hardness of heart uh, they would be allowed to submit a certificate of divorce to a wife um and there were some boundaries on this but nevertheless like uh, this was a practice that ended up becoming somewhat commonplace both amongst the Jewish people but also just in you know, Rome and, and really the ancient Near East. And Jesus comes along and says, look, marriage is not something that you deal with w- with a sort of like uh, casualness. Uh-huh. No, no, marriage is something that is profoundly important. I mean, from the very beginning of scripture, God has purpose to bring man and woman together in the most mysterious and intimate of unions called marriage. And you don't mess with that union is to be held in high esteem by all. Mm -hmm. And if you mess with that marriage, you're not just messing with like a really sweet relationship or a longstanding relationship or a relationship that involves sex or children or, Mm -hmm. or shared resources. You're messing with the mysterious union that is meant to reflect God's very special relationship with his church. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, And so this mysterious union that you mess with when you mess with marriage is something that ought not be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what we're seeing here is not like Jesus trying to draw draw these like these sort of arbitrary bound, uh, uh, lines that makes people go, okay, what can I get away with? How can I get out of a marriage? How can I? He's saying, no, no, no. You value marriage, mm-hmm. like like you hold it in high regard. And as a people, you work for the the um, I guess the the upholding of marriage in society. Yeah. Uh, and to the degree that you work to uphold marriage in society, you will work for a flourishing society. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, there, there are some things that we learned from this passage about 
when a divorce is appropriate um, mm-hmm. and you know those things shouldn't be ignored and other passages like first Corinthians gives us some more understanding of what that is uh, or of of how we ought to think about divorce and remarriage but I think more than anything this is uh, this divorce section at least is saying um, uh, hold marriage in high regard and, and that even flows into the O stuff let, let your yes be yes and your no be no like if you say yes if you're if you're gonna go into this be mm-hmm. in it let let your yes be yes mm. yeah you know the these like commands that Jesus is walking the people through it all goes back uh, to this hinge point uh, after the Beatitudes, after the salt and light passage, where Jesus makes a very profound claim about himself, saying that he's not here to abolish the law and the prophets, not here to remove or change anything, but he's here to fulfill the law and the prophets. I think we could wrongly understand uh, the relationship of Jesus to the Old Testament law as Jesus kind of comes along and fudges the rules and, yep. and changes some things around to make it more ideal, to make it more modern, to make it more palatable. Right. Um, we could kind of have this idea, like, you know, sometimes you like play a made up game with a kid uh-huh. and uh, as you're playing with them, they're like making up rules along the way so that they're on top. Yeah, you they're know? benefited in the yeah, end. So yeah, so just as they're about to lose, it's like, oh, actually, you know, we're playing to <laughs> this many points. Or actually, if I do this, that's worth 500 points. Yep. And uh, it's like, is Jesus doing that? Well, no. He's actually doing the opposite thing, which is he's taking the training wheels off of the law of Moses. So, you know, like when you're raising a child, uh, there's, there's these like small commands that you like kind of instill in kids. Like say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am right. to adults. And like hold doors for strangers in public or whatever. And as a kid grows up, hopefully what happens is those like those really small itemized laws you begin to understand like, oh, that's actually like being a a kind, charitable, respectful mm-hmm. person. You know, they, they yep. grow into something larger than himself than than themselves. And that's what Jesus is doing here with the law is like he, he's taking the training wheels off and it's like the heart of Moses, the heart of God was not just not having sex with someone you're not married to, but it's actually to be a wholeheartedly pure person. And as he says in the beat, beautiful, the pure in heart will see God. And so, you know, I, I think that that's like important to see is, is God is, or Jesus is revealing the whole heart of God that's behind these like smaller itemized things. And I mean, I, I thought the way that y- you worked through those is um, so helpful. And, you know, an additional thing with like lust that I think we'll see as as the Sermon on the Mount unfolds is one of the absolute driving heartbeats of the Sermon on the Mount is generosity. Mm-hmm. It's being a generous person, a giving person, right. a self-emptying person. And really what lust is, is it's sexual greed, right? Absolutely. It's it's seeing, it's desiring, and it's exploiting. Yeah. And that can be through a myriad of forms and ways and arenas. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's it's exploitation. Right. And it leads into this idea of like recreational marriage and recreational divorce, yeah. which gets into this bigger thing of, what is your word even worth? Exactly. You know, and then like that's like this whole like train of thought that you've walked us through. Yeah. And I think like what I love about how we land in this oaths passage is Jesus is calling for us to 
to live by such a code of honor with how we speak that like our very word is our covenant. Right. We don't need to, you know, it's not like our baseline word is like weak and fickle. And then we need to like pledge on this and on that. Right. But the way of Jesus is to be so sincere, uh, so loving, you know, and so, so faithful and driven by fidelity and purity mm-hmm. that the very words of our mouth like replace any need for extra covenant, you yeah. know? Oh yeah. And like that, that is profound. Absolutely. And so then it kind of works in reverse through divorce mm-hmm. and through lust. Yeah. Um, That's so interesting. Cause you know, earlier you mentioned the the whole idea of, you know, part of what's happening here is, is we're sort of building on a childlike understanding of the law and God's heart. And now Jesus is coming and unpacking even more. The whole thing about oaths, it almost, that, that's sort of what you do as a child, right? Like you swear on your mom's like yeah. uh, life or, yeah. you, you, you know, I, I, I swear to this or I promise yeah. that I promise to God that I, that I did what I said I was going to do. And it's a very childlike way of, mm. of trying to earn credibility yeah. with what you're saying. Yeah. And I'll give you my Babe Ruth rookie card. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And Jesus come along and say, no, 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 like, like I want you to be a people who have such integrity and inner and are, are so virtuous that your word matters. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting way to think about it. And I think it's, I think you're exactly right in drawing those connections. You, you know, so much can be said at a practical level about what we ought to take from this section on oaths or divorce or lust. I mean, um, again, there's a, there's a, a kingdom ethic that is being communicated to us here. But I, I think drawing on what you were saying earlier about generosity and, and even Jesus not coming to abolish the law, but fulfill the law. Mm-hmm. Jesus, because he came and dealt generously with us in these things, because he lived a life that fulfilled all righteousness, because he did fulfill the law rather than abolish the law, he became the one who is not only able to sympathize with us in the midst of our plight for personal holiness in these areas, Mm -hmm. but he is also the one who is uniquely qualified to be the savior of the world. Yes, amen. If Jesus didn't come, if Jesus did come to abolish the law, and to just just kind of mess around and be like a superhuman or something like that, mm-hmm. like that that'd be interesting to see him flying around in the air <laughs> yeah. and to like do whatever he wants. But but he came in just the right way at just the right time, and he accomplished things in his life that made him so that he could be the one who bore our sins upon the cross, mm-hmm. so that he could be the one who frees us from the bondage of the law and sin uh, to the the victory and freedom of life in his name Mm. and and so um so yeah jesus he he understands what it's like to fight for personal holiness he understands what it's like to resist uh uh temptation to sin whether it be in lust or whether it be in minimizing important institutions like marriage or or in letting your word uh not really mean something Mm -hmm. but he stood strong in those things and as he did he became qualified he he learned obedience and he became the one who could stand on our behalf amen amen and as a closing word you know there's this interesting language about uh you know cut off like in the lust passage like cut off your hand or pluck out your eye throw it away it's better to lose that than your whole body going to hell 
I don't think that that's just like this exaggerative thing. Um, but the word hell is an interesting topic in the New Testament. There's a few different words. Um, and one of which, which is used here, is Gehenna, which is a literal valley um, near Jerusalem uh, that in the Old Testament is referred to as the Valley of Hinnom. And it's it's the place where Moloch, the this like, you know, false deity was worshipped through a child sacrifice. And so King Ahaz of Judah, like he sacrificed his own child um, in the Valley of Hinnom. And then it kind of became this like place of death and decay naturally. And so during pestilence and during plagues, this is where they would throw the dead bodies and burn them. So it's this place of like, it's like this temple. uh, It's a, it's a false temple of a false God where the purposes and, and desires of that God bring death and destruction. Mm. Yeah. And Jesus being the perfect foil of that, the perfect opposite, his kingdom, his temple is a place of healing of the nations. Amen. And so really what he's saying here is like, you know, by any means necessary, yeah. live a life that does not lead you into the Valley of Hinnom. Yeah. L- live a life that does not lead you into Gehenna, into hell. Yeah. And uh, I think his, his perfect justice uh, which satisfies the heart of the law, as you're saying, um, is it, just so displayed through through this kingdom that he's building that is the opposite of that death and destruction. So, Amen. may we be grateful to be welcomed into such a kingdom. Yeah. Praise God. Account. Praise God. Well, for the great Jackson Randall, this is Will Carlisle. We're, we're going to continue through the Sermon on the Mount tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.